This is episode number 206 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. On this episode, I'm going to focus on glossophobia, which basically is just a fancy word for a phobia related to public speaking. Uh, and this week, I'm going to focus on what the difference between glossophobia and just regular presentation nervousness is. Also cover how most people who experience this debilitating fear actually acquire it. And then and then next week, I'm going to give you a few simple things that you can do to counteract the phobia. So if you are feeling that that severe nervousness associated with public speaking, we'll give you some tips next week. So the episode is sponsored by Fearless Presentations. If you're looking for a faster way to reduce public speaking fear or become a more persuasive speaker, then we have two-day public speaking classes coming up in cities like Miami, Charlotte, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, Houston, Phoenix, Chicago, Las Vegas, and Cincinnati. And we also have another virtual class scheduled in July. For details about any of those classes or to find out when a class is going to be scheduled in your area, just go to fearlesspresentations.com. All right, so let's get on with how to overcome glossophobia. So if you feel nervous speaking in front of a group, if you, especially if you feel like you have an irrational fear of public speaking, then guess what? You're not alone. In fact, glossophobia or what some people call the fear of public speaking is it's, it's very, very common. And I, just so you know, I've been doing presentation skills, teaching and, and consulting for decades now. And in that time, I've come to realize that the statistics about this fear are a little bit confusing. You know, some studies say that as few as 7% of the population has glossophobia. And then other surveys claim that over 95% of the entire population experiences public speaking fear. And one of the things that I've kind of figured out is that the statistics that you're looking at really depends on the definition that they're using for glossophobia. Um, and in fact, uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to one of the other posts that we did, one of the other uh, episodes that we did. It's called How to Scare the Gooey Out of, out of uh, a Public Speaker. And I'm going to link to that because it's actually got the statistics in there and where these statistics came from. But um, in that post, you're going to see these two extremes. You're going to see some experts are saying that only a very small percentage of the population has this, this phobia. And then some are all the way on the other end where everybody's got it. And it's hard to know what is true. And what I've kind of figured out is that it really depends on the definition of public speaking fear, whether you're talking about a fear or a phobia. So let's kind of go through those two definitions first, and, and it, it'll make a little bit more sense. Um, just so you know, uh, the, the word glossophobia, it doesn't appear, as nearest, nearest I could tell anyway, it doesn't appear in any dictionary. <laughs> so there's no definition of what this phobia is in, in the dictionary. So uh, the, this term actually comes from psychology, psychology journals um, and psychology 
white papers and articles. So in these articles, the most common answer to what is glossophobia, the definition, uh, they put the words, the fear of public speaking. And there's a real difference between fear and phobia, though, um, because if you use this definition, I would guess that almost 100 percent of the population has glossophobia. <laughs> the reason why is that even top professionals, pe- professional speakers have a fear of nervousness at, at sometimes, you know, like, for instance, I, I teach people how to reduce stage fright. I mean, that's what I do for a living. However, a few years ago, I got nominated for a marketing award by an association of professional speakers. And it wasn't, it, I mean, it was a great honor. I, I, I really enjoyed uh, the, uh, the, you know, getting to go up on stage with some of these other top speakers, but, but to make the award fun, the conference organizer, the guy who, who kind of um, created the, 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 um, the meeting itself, allowed each one of the nominees to give a 12 minute presentation on stage. And then we had to get the people in the audience to vote on us. He said, yeah, if you guys are really good speakers, then you should be able to get people to vote for you. Right. And so um, it, it was, it was pretty fun. And, uh, and of course I, it would, it sounded like fun. So I accepted the invitation and a week before the conference, I received a list of the other nominees. And as I scanned the list, all of a sudden it kind of hit me that I was the only one on the list that specialized in helping people eliminate public speaking fear. And as the day got closer and closer, I started to get more nervous because this could either be a huge career boost for me or a pretty dramatic setback since I typically don't really get nervous before speeches. And, I'm, and this, it was really abnormal that I was starting to get nervous. But I started to realize that if I go on stage and if I even look the least bit nervous when I stand up and speak, my career is pretty much over. So that made me even more nervous. So um, if if we if we go to the definition that you see in most of these psychology journals uh, about you know glossophobia is the fear of public speaking then that means that i guess i'm glossophobic too and so it's just probably just about everybody else in the in the history of the world because at some point in our lives we're going to have to stand up and do a speech that kind of makes us nervous um, here's a better definition. Um, it's the definition that I like to use is glossophobia is really it's an irrational fear of public speaking that, that that's difficult, if not impossible to uh, control. So that to me is a much better definition. I'll tell you where I got this. So I had to understand the difference first between normal fear and an actual phobia. So I, I like the definition used by this woman, uh, Dr. Lisa uh, Fitch, Fritcher. Um, she basically says, I, I'm, I'm going to quote her kind of word for word because I think she she wrote it out really well. She said, fear is normal and a normal and healthy part of life. In fact, fear plays an important role in keeping us from entering harmful situations and helping us decide when to get out of situations that are not necessarily the best. So under normal, normal circumstances, fear can be managed through reason and logic, um, and, and it doesn't take over our lives or it doesn't cause us to come ira- become irrational. So a phobia, however, twists the normal fear response into something that is persistent and difficult or impossible to control. So that's where, kind of where I got my definition of what, um, uh, what glossophobia really is. If, if it really is a phobia, if we use that definition of what a phobia is, then the fear of public speaking just doesn't work. A, a better definition might be glossophobia, an irrational fear of public speaking that is difficult or impossible for the sufferer to control. 
And if you're going by that definition, then the statistics about the number of sufferers are going to drop much, much lower. You're probably looking at maybe 5%, 10% or less of, of people that will have a fear debilitating enough that they can't control it or that causes them to, um, to avoid um, situations in, in an extreme case. Um, regardless of whether you have a rational fear of public speaking or full-blown phobia, the tips that we're going to cover in the in the next episode will be very, very helpful. Before we get into those tips, though, let's kind of talk about where this this fear kind of comes from, because if you if you realize that some stage fright is both normal and natural, it kind of helps you keep from letting that hold you back. You know, so step one is you want to if step one in reducing public speaking jitters is to realize that public speaking in and of itself has the fear built into the design. So I typically spend a lot of time in the first hour of my presentation workshops getting my students to understand this because it's such an important point. Think about any skill that you've ever learned that took more than a week or, or two to master. For instance, something like riding a bicycle or driving a car or skiing or firing a gun or learning to use a computer, anything like that will we'll kind of do. All of these skills are things that you can practice in private with, with just you or a single person, a parent, a coach, somebody like that helping you. Um, and, and so as a result, public speaking is quite a bit different though, because the first time that you actually practice the skill of public speaking, you have an entire audience looking at you and possibly judging you. And as a result, it makes us more nervous. So getting on the bike for the first time and driving a car for the first time are both pretty nerve wracking skills to develop. However, the first time that you rode a bike, the entire elementary school probably wasn't watching you. Now, how nervous would you have been, though, if if that were the case? If you if the first time you practice your riding your bicycle, the entire elementary school is kind of watching you fall and scrape your knee and and all that kind of stuff. Um, also, the entire high school wasn't watching you the first time you were behind the wheel either. So public speaking is an entirely different animal because when you do it, an audience is actually watching you. So that that public speaking fear, that nervousness you, that you feel is pretty normal just because of the 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 type of skill that you're trying to develop. Uh, so um, don't let that debilitate you. Don't let that kind of hold you back. If you can identify the cause of the fear, by the way, it's much easier to overcome that fear. So that's this is kind of step two in finding out where you, this phobia or where uh, the nervousness is actually coming from. So one of the first things that our presentation coaches do when, when we consult with a customer, a client, or when we start a presentation class is we try to get the person who's in our class or who the, the we're trying to coach to identify the actual cause of that public speaking fear. Most often, by the way, the cause is just lack of experience. For instance, if you only drive your car once every two years, that's it. One day to every two years, then most likely every single time you get behind the car, the wheel, you're, you're going to be nervous. And that's what happens to a lot of people in public speaking. They just don't have enough experience of successes to actually build up their, their confidence. So that's why public speaking classes work so well and other types of coaching can really work. However, um, some of the things that I'm going to mention here in, in the next few minutes are, are things that that are more likely to cause a phobia versus just the normal fear. If any of these things have kind of happened to you, then you might be kind of progressing toward more of a phobia versus the, the normal public speaking fear that other people fear. 
feel. Uh, so uh, number one is a bad prior experience because <laughs> those can the, a bad prior experience can cause stage fright. It can cause glossophobia. The most common situation that causes public speaking fear is something that happened in the past where things just didn't go as well as what we wanted to. And many of these situations occur when the person is asked to speak on a topic without any preparation. You know, for instance, you might show up for a meeting and just be put on the spot by your by your boss or a coworker. And and after that situation, if you feel like you didn't perform well, then you might be nervous the next time you attend a similar meeting, even if you don't present that the just going to the meeting may make you nervous because you're afraid it's going to happen again. And in other cases, um, and this one is very common as well, where a person speaks successfully for years, they get up and and speak over and over and over again and, and do really well. And then out of the blue, something negative happens that kind of destroys a person's confidence. For instance, maybe a fairly negative audience consistently interrupts the, the speaker while he or she is trying to trying to present. And, uh, and every interruption that occurs actually gets more and more difficult for that person. So anytime a series of those kind of things happen, or even a single incident like that, um, it, it, once it, it creates a negative situation, then that glossophobia that you feel, that nervousness that you, that nervousness that you feel can actually grow. The second thing that sometimes uh, causes this type of debilitating nervousness is just low self-confidence or low self-esteem. Um, although most of us who experience this find, find it difficult to admit, um, this one is actually really common. Well-meaning parents, coworkers, or managers, they try to help the person by offering constructive criticism. And no matter how well that person performs, there's always room for improvement. And these holier-than-thou critics will actually tell us, this is what you need to do to, to fix this, right? Um, this actually happened to me when I, when I took my first presentation class in college instructor critiqued every single presentation. I only gave three, by the way, in the class and, and every single one of those presentations ended with a critique. So I practiced a lot for the first presentation. I ended up getting an A, an a on, on that first presentation. I got a 94. And then the teaching assistant, though, the person who was in charge of this class, critiqued me after that first presentation. And as a result, when I practiced for the second presentation, I focused less on preparing for the presentation and more on trying to fix those mistakes and um, as a result, I got 84% on that speech. So I got, I, I went, I went down. I, I did worse the second time than I did the first time. And then uh, again, after the second speech, the instructor gave me even more detailed critic, you know, a critique or criticism afterwards. Uh, and then I ended up getting a 74 on my third present in my final speech, my third, my third speech. And, um, and really after that, eight weeks of critical analysis I, in my head, it just kind of seemed like I get worse every time I stand up to present. I ended up making a B in the class, but my confidence as a speaker dropped exponentially after, after that experience. Um, so, and that happens quite often, you know, we, we, uh, in, in the situation that I was talking about before, where a speaker has been speaking for well, for, for pretty well for a, a longer period of time. And then all of a sudden something happens to their confidence most often it's it's incongruent with this or, or it's in conjunction with something like this happening where somebody is trying to help them. Somebody's trying to coach them and, and the coaching that they're doing is actually making them worse. Um, another thing that can cause this nervousness, by the way, is an unresolved trauma. 
Uh, when when a traumatic event occurs, especially at, at an early age, that person experiencing the trauma can develop an unreasonable fear of that experience. I once had a woman in one of my classes who told me that she had avoided speaking in front of groups for over 40 years, 40 years. She'd stopped, she'd stopped speaking in front of groups. And she said that it was, it had happened when she was five years old, she was in a singing recital, wasn't even speaking. She was actually singing in front of the group and right in the middle of the song, her voice cracked and all the kids in the audience kind of laughed at her and she ran off the stage humiliated. And that single tragic experience haunted her for decades. And she knew that her fear was unreasonable, by the way, but she couldn't stop it. So incidentally, um, she's spoken to audiences of thousands since she took my class over a decade ago and, and has done really well. So it just because you've experienced one of these things doesn't mean that it has to continue to hold you back for the rest of your life. You can still fix them. Um, and then the, the last one we're going to cover is an extreme fear of loss, because that can sometimes cause stage fright as well. Uh, th this fear occurs when we feel like we have a chance of losing something if we fail in the presentation. Perhaps the person is a manager and fears the loss of his or her job if the person can't command the attention of the audience, or maybe we have to deliver a presentation to solidify a huge contract. And, and in many cases, the speaker fears of, of just losing the respect of his or her colleagues. So, for example, if a speaker has to deliver a presentation to a highly educated audience, and has a fear of seeming less educated to that group, then that person may try to avoid the speech. Um, so just so you know, although glossophobia can occur from a number of different causes, if the cause is similar to any of these things that I've just mentioned, then the presentation tips that we're going to cover next week can be a huge, huge help. So as a good stopping point, so let me go ahead and kind of end the session for, for this week today. And um, what we'll do is we're going to pick up right here next week, and I'll give you some really, really, really simple things that you can do to, uh, to eliminate that nervousness, eliminate that, that phobia if, you're experiencing, if you've experienced any of those things that we just mentioned. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.